Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. Normally, we do a series of books every month, and this month, we're doing Trust Your Next Step of Kelly Robbins. Last week, we outlined what she calls the trail map for making change. Her theory is that many of us are kind of on a plateau in our lives. We're comfortable, but perhaps that level of comfort is actually keeping us from striving for something even better. In fact, she, she uses the phrase that sometimes the good enough is the enemy of the excellent. And so our our theme this month is really to strive beyond our comfort zones, to to venture out into new territory. And I'll I'll tell you, one of the things that I do on Sunday is I assign a bit of homework, so fair warning. Last week, let me tell you what the homework is, because I think it will, will help us understand the message today. Last week, the homework was to take the first two steps in her path for conscious change. And the first step is simply a realization step. It's, it's the idea of being aware that where you are right now is just a plateau. It's that awareness of where you are and that awareness of where you would like to be. And I, I gave everybody the task of, of imagining in their own minds if, if money was no object, if time was no object, if there was nothing standing in your way, what would you like to be What would you like to achieve? How could you visualize yourself maybe five years out? No worries about how to get there, right? This this is a pure brainstorming game where everything is fair game. The homework was to come up with that idea, that ideal maybe, of what your life could be in five years. And then the second piece of the homework was simply to have an intention to have it, to be willing to take some steps in that direction. And so you're caught up now. Today we're going to talk about the next two steps involved in this process. And for those of you who don't like taking notes, and I would be one of them, I made notes for you. So on on your way out, if you want all four components of the plan, just pick out one of the handouts. So you don't need to make notes about this. The third step is an interesting one because it assumes that we have generated some possibilities for moving forward. It's really a brainstorming step. Let's take maybe a a silly example. Let's say that maybe for whatever reason you, you weren't able to finish your studies. Let's say you were stopped short of graduating from high school or college, and, and maybe your dream is to, to finish up schooling of some kind, right? Then we would generate some ideas for the next steps. So what might be the next steps if your dream is to finish a, a degree or high school in the next few years? Finding out how to, doing a little research. How can I re-engage school? What's another step? Oh, check out the finances. Right on, Nancy. That might have been a stumbling block. That might have been why we stopped in the first place. What are some other ideas for the next step of going back to school? Check out PCC. Did someone say something about an advisor? Ah, graduation requirements. Do the credits that you've already taken maybe apply? So you can see what we're doing here is really using our intuition and our creative power to come up with a whole bunch of different ideas, a whole bunch of different possible next steps. In this particular phase 
of this positive change program, then we simply engage the decision-making process. And to illustrate that, of course, I usually manage to find a joke. <laughs> so, poor Sam had fallen on hard times. He'd lost his job at the fertilizer plant, his unemployment had run out, and he was evicted from his apartment. He packed what little he had in a knapsack, made a little sign that said, we'll work for food, and set off down the road. Well, toward the middle of the day, he came to a farmhouse. He was getting hungry, so he knocked at the front door. A woman answered, and Sam explained his situation, how he would do really most anything for a meal. At first, the woman sort of wanted no part of Sam, but he persisted, and finally she said, well, okay, do you know how to paint? Oh, yes, ma'am, Sam said. That, why, that's what I've done before. I've done a lot of painting. Well, the woman found a can of paint and a brush and said, go around back and paint the porch, and I'll fix you dinner. Well, Sam went to work. About 40 minutes later, he appeared at the front door. Are you finished so soon, asked the woman. Oh, yes, ma'am, said Sam, but I think you ought to know that's not a porch, it's a Volvo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so the point here is, the point here is all decisions are not created equal, right? Sometimes we need to do a little more investigation before decision making. Sometimes we need to have uh, maybe a plan of looking forward and that's exactly what is involved in this process. So we've generated a whole bunch of different ideas for our example of going back to school, but should we just take the first one? Should we just go by impulse? The idea here is to put it through the lens of our long-term goal. If our long-term goal is to graduate from this program, which of these various options would make the most progress towards it? Now, some of them might just be a sideways step, right? Some of them might not make much progress at all. For instance, we could maybe read the statistics for graduation rates or things like that, right? Might be interesting, but does it really get us moving forward? Actually, going to the school and to the registrar's office would probably be a really good step, right? We'd find out how much things cost. We'd find out what, uh, which of our grades were applicable and so on. So the idea is maybe we've generated, I don't know, 10 or 12 different ideas. They might all be reasonable ideas, but let's put them through the filter of what will gain me the most ground towards that ultimate goal. We're not just going by an impulse. We're not just doing what seems obvious. Sometimes what seems obvious are the kinds of things that we've done before. Now, think about this for a moment. If we only do the kinds of things that we have done before, are we likely to break new ground? See, my guess is this, this thing that we have, this vision of the future, it's been in our head for a while. It isn't something probably that we just dreamed up today. If we have a vision of the future, it's probably along a trajectory that we've already thought about or maybe something we had to put on the back burner. If we only use the same criteria for making decisions that we've always made, 
I doubt we're going to make any progress at all. That's what has us in the comfort zone to begin with. It's the things that we're already comfortably doing. So you know the other little thing that you might use in your decision-making process? What scares you the most? What seems like the biggest, most outrageous, the thing that you are almost like double dog daring yourself to, to think about? And the reason I say that is for two, uh, two reasons, really. One is it's new ground. New ground is apt to take you where you want to go. If we follow the old paths, we end up right back in the same place. The other thing that I want to suggest, though, is that sometimes taking a risk will actually just jar you out of your same old, same old thinking. So it not only has the, the idea of new ground, but it's opening your mind up to the possibilities. It's opening your mind up to a whole host of new ways of thinking because you're doing something completely different. Believe it or not, when you do something completely different, you are open to a variety of options. You'll start seeing the world with more opportunities in it. If you do the same thing, you have the same thoughts, you make the same choices, you're apt to not even notice things that would move you forward. So it's really a, a win-win when you're willing to take a bit of a risk. Now next week, we're going to talk about this whole idea of risk-taking and how we can uh, move through that without too much difficulty. But today I want to talk about a real-life example for myself. Hopefully, hopefully you can see how I use these particular steps. So, gosh, I guess it's about three years ago, I decided I was going to become an author. I know, what an outrageous thing. It's not like I've written anything in particular before, but I had in my mind that I would really enjoy writing fiction. And I greatly admired some, uh, some authors in uh, the fantasy writing genre and so on. And so uh, really without even knowing about this particular program, I had a pretty clear vision of it. I could see myself signing books down at Powell's, right? I, right? I mean, I mean, if you think about it, when you build a vision, you see yourself in it. And so I saw myself as an author. I kind of pictured books on the shelf. I had a, a kind of an idea of how it would feel to be writing every day. In short, I built up this idea for myself down the road, right? I wasn't thinking it would happen overnight, but I built up this idea of what it would be like to be an author. And then sure enough, I started generating the next steps. I didn't actually try to plot out how I was going to get all the way from point A to point Z because I knew that would drive me crazy. Literally, it would drive me crazy. But what I needed to know was, what could I do next? And so I generated a whole bunch of ideas. And in fact, I, I ran across the little brainstorming session I had from a few years ago. And, and here are the things that were on it. First of all, I said, well, I should read about writing. <laughs> Now think about this for a minute. I had to laugh when I went over that, right? So notice I'm completely avoiding the writing. <laughs> I'm going to read about writing. I'm going to read how to become an author. Okay, that was one of my ideas. Another one was to study authors that I admire. Notice also that this one avoids the writing. It's, it's, still, it's still a great idea, right? Right? 
Okay. Uh, Talk to Writers was on my list. Write Every Day was on my list. Enter Contests that Provide Feedback was on my list. Learn About My Audience, Join a Writers Group, Improve My Craft, so Study Writing, and Get an Editor. So that was my, that was my list. Now notice, now this of course is hindsight. I hadn't been through this program, right? So what did I do first? I read about writing, right? Now think about this for a minute. Does that really help only just peripherally? I mean, to really get better at writing, you have to write. And so my first couple, first little steps, actually I made no progress at all. I was completely in my comfort zone. I did learn some interesting things about writing and about how authors kind of organize their time. And, but literally, those first two steps were sideways and made no progress at all. And then, and then, I decided I was going to write something every single day. And then the step after that I took was I got up enough courage to actually send off a short story to a contest where they, and of course I didn't win the contest, but they wrote a feedback that was almost as long as the short story <laughs> on how to improve it. Honest to goodness feedback by people who are trained in writing that kind of story. And I got to tell you, those two steps, writing every day, finding the time to do that, uh, setting it up. I, I set myself up as a, a minimum of writing for half an hour a day, uh, and I kept to that. It coincided with National Novel Writers Month, and so for that entire month, I wrote, I wrote half an hour every Well, you get the idea here. I did not know how I was going to get from point A to point Z, but by using what I would think of as enlightened decision-making, which of these decisions is going to give me the most traction, I moved forward. And I would tell you, especially now that everything in the bookstore is on 40% off, there are two of my novels in there that you can buy. And I'm about halfway through a third one. Well, yeah. Well, you haven't read them yet. Hold, hold, hold the applause for later. Uh, but, but I think of this as a really good example of the dream generating a bunch of ideas. I didn't know how I was going to get all the way to being an author. Well, in fact, the author of this book has an interesting point. She says, if you try to imagine the whole journey, you're in a problem-solving mode. And how do we solve problems? We solve problems by knowing how to do things. And of course, that means the knowledge that we currently have. So if you map out a whole journey of getting from A to Z, you will map out something that you already know how to do, when by definition, it's something that you don't really know how to do. Throw out the idea of planning the whole thing. Literally, throw it out, it will hold you back. Instead, we trust that God knows the intervening steps, and all I have to do is make a choice of the very next one. Will this activity literally take me closer, much closer? Will it take me not very far at all? Will it be a step backwards? Will it be a step sideways? That's the only thing you have to worry about. 
And then when you have completed that step, you look back at your brainstorming list, you add some more things to it, because of course you've learned some more. When you took that one step, you probably learned a whole bunch of stuff, especially if you were fearless, especially if you took the step that scared you the most. Because that stretched you the most, you learned the most. Now when you go back and build another brainstorming list, oh my gosh, there are things on there you didn't even know ought to be on there. Then your next decision can be even more informed. And also I would say your next decision doesn't scare you quite as much too, I would guess, because you've realized that stepping past your safety zone, stepping out of that comfort of the day-to-day living, the first time was scary, the second time less scary, the third time, this is just who I am. I take risks because with the risks come great success. Have you ever imagined what a completely risk-free world would be like? It would be a world in which nothing happened, (laughs) right? Every good and amazing thing is based on someone somewhere taking some kind of a risk. Now, it may have been your uh, great honor to follow behind someone who's taken that risk. And that's a good thing, right? We, we get to live in the, in the joy and plenty of other people who have gone before us taking risks. But there's a danger in that if that's all we ever do. We begin living other people's lives. We begin just seeing what's good for us in the light of what other people have accomplished. And what I know about each person in this room, your dreams are unique. Your ultimate potential is very unique just to you. I offer up this suggestion, really a challenge. What kind of risks are you willing to take to achieve your true magnificence? Now, hopefully you have that vision of where you want to be in five years. I've already given you a bit of the challenge. What would be the thing that maybe seems the most risky in terms of achieving that? You don't have to go with that, but you might make the most progress if that was the choice you made. And so step three of this whole four-step plan is simply to be making those decisions. And that's the source of the homework for next week. Let me give you your next week's homework. You've already got an idea of where you want to be in five years. You have that vision, if you will, that inspiration of what you'd like to achieve. Then we've made a commitment to it. That was your homework last week. And then this week I'm going to add to it simply to generate a dozen different possible next steps. So homework, I think pretty simple. What are a dozen steps you might take just the very next step. You don't have to worry about all the way there. Just the very next step. What are a dozen different things you might do to achieve it? And then if you're willing, put them through that matrix that we talked about, that decision-making matrix. Which of these decisions would get you the greatest ground? And you might also interpret that as which of these decisions maybe has me a little bit nervous because usually that's the one that's going to take you the furthest. I want to close today with a, a quick review of what we've talked about, a reading and a prayer. So today we've examined part three of her overall four-step plan. 
for those of you listening online, I'll post it to our podcast. So we've learned to involve our intuition in generating potential next steps. Here's where we really use positive thinking and possibility thinking both. What are the best possible outcomes that I might have in terms of generating a next step? We've learned to ask questions about that next step. Which of these possibilities will gain me the most territory? Which of them are clearly a step forward rather than just a step sideways into our comfort zone? And then we've learned to look at the edge of our comfort zone and hopefully to step beyond it. When you feel that tightening in the chest, when you feel that pit of the stomach, oh my gosh, would I really go to Toastmasters and cry out for speaking in public? And and that pit of your stomach is just like, am I going to throw up? That's probably the one you want to (laughs) do. It's probably the one that will take you the furthest, right? Okay. And just know that it's okay to be afraid. Just know that it's okay that when we make progress, our bodies and our emotions will have those little reactions. We're really not going to die. It might feel like we're going to die, but we're really not going to die. And so we push through, we step out of our comfort zone. So I'm going to close with a quote from this lovely book and a prayer. She says, change is growth, and growth is always a reach, a step up the ladder. It's not sideways, it's not backwards, you can't do it standing still. Your natural inclination is going to be turn away from fear to avoid the unknown that you are challenging yourself to step into, particularly when you get right to the edge of your comfort zone. That's why it's so important that you recognize that edge when you get there so that you can make a conscious decision to still move forward. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one joy, one wholeness, one abundance. There is only this thing that I call God, and what I know about God is that it is always a positive force in our lives, always helping to direct, always helping to inform. We can tap into that love, that wisdom, that joy. We can use our own inspiration and our own intuition to begin collecting ideas for improving our lives, using our decision-making process to make the best choices for taking just that next step. And so for this, I give great thanks. For this, I understand that the, the true fruition of these ideas are simply one step and the next and the next And for this, in great gratitude, I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you were here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. 
We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.